uh, when I heard that the Confluence Center was kind of uh, working in audio production, but not necessarily, maybe not necessarily working in kind of writing music or producing music, I kind of wanted to join it because it gave me experience in the audio production field that wasn't that specifically. It kind of broadened my view as to what audio production could be or could do. And after, and uh, aside from that, it also, I also heard that it kind of gave the opportunity to work with youth and kind of introduce, help introduce into the idea of, of audio production, kind of creating podcasts and everything. And I thought that maybe if I could help kind of introduce them to this idea, maybe I could help them jump that hurdle that I kind of had to do when I first started editing audio with um, kind of like just the video editing stuff I had and see if I could like kind of help people who ended up enjoying this kind of see if they ended up liking it. That was Aaron Bustillos Perez, Confluence Center intern, and this is the Voice of Montpelo podcast. Voice of Mom Bello Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of Mom Bello Podcast. In today's episode, we have another episode of I Love the Bell Side um, coming to you live. This is Mr. Clifton from the Confluence Center. Here today, I'm with um, Aaron. Uh, how you doing, Aaron? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. Aaron is actually, this is really exciting. Aaron is our, our intern for the spring. Um, and he, we were connected through the DPS's program of Career Connect. And so we're really excited to have Aaron on the team um, to help us out. And today we're going to talk about some of the projects he's going to be working on or wants to work on. Um, but really, we really want to get to know Aaron and hear his story as he'll be working with so many youth in Montbello, helping them with their projects. Aaron is also from the Bell side as well. So, so Aaron, uh, tell us about the internship, how you got involved. Yeah, so I was in my audio production class when Miss when Shannon came in and asked if anyone would be interested with helping the Confluence Center and kind of helping produce the, this podcast with youth and I was I wanted to see kind of like this other side of of audio production that wasn't just like the writing songs or making your own beats. So I kind of jumped at that opportunity. Cool, right, right on, right on. And shout out to Miss Shannon at Northeast Early College. Um, super cool opportunity for us to have you uh, join the team uh, to work on these projects and and really honestly, youth are gonna. Uh, really look up to you uh, as a near peer mentor and be able to see what they can become. It's really cool. So welcome to the team, Aaron. Super happy to have you. Happy to be here. Cool. So uh, I think our first conversation in the interview, you mentioned that you had made some projects involving music. So where does your love for music and media come from? Yeah. So when it comes to music and media, I say that's my, my love for music and media stems from just uh, my brother and kind of the culture around around it. So uh, kind of like these, like kind of a bit more extravagant parties that we'd go to as like a fa uh, as a family when I was uh, much younger. So like at the age of like five, it's like kind of like the biggest pull was like the dance floor and the music around it. And I kind of like, that's all I can remember from those parties now. 
at this age and that's all that I gravitate towards now like just that the bass and like the guitar and everything in it so I, I kind of like gravitate towards the music the musical aspect of that yeah, so like when the people were on the dance floor instead of being on the dance floor you were like paying attention to the bass guitar and how the guy was shredding it yeah so it was yeah <laughs> That's kind of like me, you know, I, I grew up wanting to be a DJ, you know, and when I was in middle school, that's, you know, I, I started DJing um, and in the high school. And anytime we were, I w would see like music on TV, I'd always pay attention to the DJ and like more, I was more interested in how the music was made more than, you know, the, the dancing and, and what was done with the music, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So right on. Um, so when did you realize that you were interested in doing some audio editing. I know you take a course at Northeast Early College. Um, did it start with that course or did it come much before that? I'd say it came a little bit before that. So in my middle school, we had a traditional band class. So trumpet, trombone, the whole nine yards. And I decided to go with trumpet. And uh, throughout the year, I had to take a few journalism classes here and there. And a bit uh, as one of the projects I had to do, I had to go in and interview the band for one of the competitions we had to go to. And one of the things that I decided that I wanted to do for that project was record the song that we were performing. But I realized that it wasn't necessarily coming out properly in the recording, so I had to painstakingly with the very little editing that I could do with the kind of like slide decks that I had, try to make the audio come out a bit better. And that's kind of like where my love for wanting to edit audio came out of and this this class after after middle school and then i got into high school this class just kind of pushed me directly into it what are what are the the classes in high school like um what kind of projects do you work on yeah so i mostly work on writing my own music and kind of mixing and mastering it but i've also done some uh, stuff along the lines of like creating a podcast and editing it along with uh, layering it with music. Like I think the last one I did was uh, interviewing my parents about their their relationship with music from their from their ancestors and so on and learning that layering that with music from our ancestral music and kind of like getting those levels correct along with like kind of editing video as well. So editing the audio for trailer for movie trailers and such and such. Oh, wow. That's that's really cool. And that's awesome. I, I love that you have that, you know, kind of uh, that connection to how music impacts folks culturally. Right. And really diving into that uh, with your parents. When you made that podcast um, with your parents and talking about your parents music, what were some things that you learned about about them and about your culture? Yeah. So my parents aren't really too connected with music from what or at least the extremely cultural music. But what I did notice is the music they had connections to, they had very strong emotional connections to. So they had these artists like one called Pedro Infante that like my mom swears by and no matter what, she'll always blast blast it whenever he whenever she hears his music because she has such an emotional connection due to the fact that it's it was one of my grandma's favorite artists and she'd hear it all the time as a child and kind of like these other types of like odd genres that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. They, they, they kind of like always want to hear whenever it's on. Like they never, they would never switch the radio whenever it's on. And I just would never know if I hadn't asked. <laughs> what genres were these? Were these like cumbias or? 
let's see. Yeah, so it's it was kind of like, um, I guess you would say folk, folk music and like uh, these kind of more like uh, meant for like tap dancing kind of. And it was kind of tied to a performance that my mom did as a young child. And it was something that I never knew she did until she told me that day. And she ended up pulling up a video of kind of like the types of performances she would do. And I never knew she had done them until last year when I had asked. But apparently that was something that she did every single year for as a performance for my grandparents. Wow. Wow, that's really dope. So talking about the parents, the or talking about the types of music that your parents are into, um, what is the music that you enjoy most? Yeah, so I listen to most genres of music. Uh, my when it comes down to my favorite genres of music, I listen to a lot of uh, rock. I listen to a lot of jazz. I listen to some hip hop, but it's mostly those those three that I tend to gravitate towards. Cool, man. And so when it comes to creating music. And um, what inspires you to create? Um, the thing that inspires me to create is kind of seeing how other people were able to express themselves, kind of like looking at the artists that were able to give a bigger message, put a big, bigger message like in their music. So some of these rock bands that may not be as popular anymore, that just because they're either a not releasing music or they're just like not fitting into what's popular, like the pop the what's popular these days but the bands have like always a deeper meaning in in their songs it's like hearing that music and kind of understanding what they're trying to say kind of pushes me to like want to want to make more right for sure for sure what can you give us a couple of examples of of some of those bands that you're talking about yeah so one of the bands is one of the ones that has like the best examples are there's a song called uh prayer of the refugee by let me just find it rise against um they're an amazing band who always tends to have a deeper meaning in a lot of songs of like rising up and kind of being a better person and i gravitate a lot towards their music and let's see uh when you listen to like a lot of punk rock music as well like um a lot of times you can find deeper meanings in songs from like all time low or like fallout boy which i personally like really love being able to find those deeper meanings man i i was in uh the end of my high school years when Fall Out Boy came out. And yeah, I loved them at first. And then I, I feel like my personality kind of grew into something different. But Fall Out Boy uh, makes some really good, they make some really good tracks. So what do you love making? Yeah, so when it, when it comes to the music that I make, I tend to make um, slightly more electronic style rock music. So I'll gravitate more towards like synth synthetic bass lines and um using like electric guitar and layering that over kind of like rock style drums so it ends up being this kind of like mash between like edm and edm and rock somewhere somewhere in between edm and rock right somewhere yeah yeah at least for most at least for most of what i make more recently i've been making songs that have a bit more of a funk feel which i'm really enjoying cool yeah so what funk artists do you do enjoy like where does that funk flavor come from uh the funk flavor it's not coming from like what most people would see it's coming from a genre called uh future funk which is kind of the amalgamation of funk and electronic where it's kind of a, usually japanese funk but they take a funk sample and they kind of layer it over these like house edm beats and it kind of meshes really well 
and that's kind of like usually they take the baseline and that's kind of where I'm getting the ideas for like having these a bit more funk style baselines and like with these really like electronic sounding synths. Nice man, nice. And Aaron, like what what's the feeling you get when you make a beat that you really like are really proud of or um when you're enjoying that kind of music? What are the feelings that you get? Yeah, so whenever I'm writing or whenever I'm making the songs, I'm kind of just, uh, I feel like I'm just really excited about the process and like finding out how the song works. So I'm not really like worried about how it might turn out I'm or how it sounds bad. I'm kind of just, I'm looking for the next thing that sounds good. And whenever I find it, I just get really excited and continue to look for the next thing that sounds really good. So I'll find a chord and then I'll continue to look for another chord. And then when I find the next chord that sounds good in the progression, I'll just get really excited and continue to look. Nice. Man, that's beautiful. Into the mind of Aaron and his creative creative process. Yes. Well, another thing, Aaron, that you're really into and, and I'm into as well, just don't have, you know, I, unfortunately, I just don't have a lot of time to play video games like I used to, right? Uh, but I definitely love them. So, Aaron, and take us to the world of video games. Um, video games have evolved a lot since, you know, Mr. Clifton was playing on the daily so how have video games evolved for you as you've grown older? Yeah, no. When I started, the first, my first memory of playing was actually playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So I didn't actually start off where most people did. I started off on like an older system that I can actually see like most college students at this point relate to. And I quickly just, I stayed on that, on those old systems for a long time, not kind of realizing that gaming had progressed, progressed to where it is now up until like seven or eight years, eight years ago when I found these like a lot more story based games where it's like these, they had these like deeper meanings and, and like more intense soundtracks that I really loved. So I think like one of the, one of my all time favorite games right now is uh, Last of Us, which came out a long time ago at this point. But it has an amazing soundtrack and amazing story. Last of Us was like 2014 or something like that, right? Like 20. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah great game. So, but we need to put this into context. Like older systems for you is like what? What was like the first system that you that you used? Oh, uh, the first system that I used was the Nintendo 64. I see, see, yeah, man, uh, Nintendo 64. I remember when the Nintendo 64 came out for me, it was like, oh man, this Mario game is like amazing, incredible, looks amazing. Um, how do they do that? Uh, and it's crazy to see how things have evolved now. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember like one of my first memories of uh, a gaming system was an Atari. Um, and, you know, by then it was, Atari had, was a little bit older. But um, and then I believe I was five and for Christmas we got a uh, man. I must have been a little younger. Uh, I just remember we got we had Duck Hunt and Mario on the NES, the the original, the original Nintendo and uh, playing Duck Hunt all the, all the time. So much fun. So much fun. I remember playing with my parents and stuff and like my brother. Um, super cool. But so. In 64, man, you you grew up in the golden age of gaming, in my opinion. Um, and so now you're in a situation, you're in high school, you enjoy gaming, you got these, these amazing, entertaining storyline games that you can play for hours and they just never end. What are the benefits 
of gaming for youth like yourself and the youth to come? Yeah, so uh, what I've noticed is that a lot of my friends and maybe not even my friends, but a lot of people that I've seen who actually play video games, especially when it comes to these like story based games, tend to be a lot more ex tend to be a lot more expressive, like creative wise. They tend to be able to express their creativity, maybe not even because they maybe not even because of the video games they play specifically, but just because video gaming is another outlet that they have that's that allows them to just see how they can express themselves. Like just because uh, you have like so many things in a video game that kind of inspire you. Have the visuals. You have like the you have you have the actual gameplay. You have the soundtracks. You have so much that can inspire you in a video game. So I've seen like many of my friends gain so much inspiration from this that I've seen like a creative boom in kind of like the gaming community at my school. So like uh, create so gaming kind of is a way, is a way to uh, incite creativity right yeah i definitely i i think like i think about open world games um or uh like games like fortnite uh rocket league um grand theft auto where you know you are creating the experience right there are certain uh parameters and settings that are set up for you right this world um but what you do in that world is really your choice and so you're creating you know, as you're playing the game, you're creating your own way to play, your own style of winning and being competitive. Um, or in games like Minecraft, just building stuff, yeah, <laughs> digging a mine, you know, creating something, um, is really cool. And I think I think I see that in my students a lot. Over the summer, I, I had the opportunity to take a course with uh, one of my partners at, at Yabo Youth Empowerment Broadcasting Organization, uh, Corey Montavo. We took um, we took the summer and and we engaged in this learning at CU Boulder um, about critical digital pedagogies, and man, it was it was so fun just to um, just to engage in in what kids are learning when they're gaming, right? I remember logging on with with some of my students and hearing them talk while they taught me how to play Fortnite was insane. Their vocabulary that they're using. Um, is the each game has its own vocabulary that you need to know. Your kids are communicating so much uh, to be competitive, and so you know I definitely see what you're saying with the creativity and the communication skills um, that you're learning. Um, so, what what do you think the perception is about gaming amongst uh, you know folks that are older, and how um, how can we change that perception? Yeah. So, from what I've noticed. A lot of people who are older tend to have this like negative connotation when it comes to all games, re regardless of what the content is. And I can for for a very small amount of games that can be slightly true because there are games that do have this kind of like the extremely gory games do have this kind of thing where they are extremely gory. They do have these kind of mature this very much mature content but that's like maybe one in every thousand games that comes out so they're they're extremely rare and something that i've noticed that in the media that has been able to change that kind of connotation that these people have is kind of like just introducing them to to these games so like kind of introducing them to like that to minecraft or introducing them to like these older games like maybe not even older like uh legend of zelda like which is a game that maybe a lot of these people 
who are naysaying games now grew up with like their original versions kind of showing them these updated versions now and kind of drawing that connection showing them that what kids these days are playing isn't anything necessarily different from what they played back in the day it's just kind of it just looks better and plays a bit more fluidly yeah i really like what you said about zelda and having like a new a newer version because i feel like folks that are um folks that are my age you know (laughs) older and stuff like a lot of us still game or like because we grew up on video games and and we love it even if we don't have time to necessarily game it's not 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 like a huge part of our lives we're still interested in in what the gaming world has become because things are just so advanced right now and i think with uh, being able to play online um it, and communicate with each other like that is an element that um like i wonder <laughs> it's like if if i had that when i was a kid you know like you know i i don't know like you know it'd be interesting uh what i'd be doing you know and and there's definitely a lot of careers when it comes to gaming um and definitely the students that i teach like that's what they're interested in they want me to go home and play video games with them after school right so it's like it's very it's a very interesting world um so thank you for your thoughts about you know and your ideas about gaming and i'm excited that you bring that to the confluence center in this internship and to see how we can infuse it into our work so Aaron, why why did you choose the Confluence Center? Yeah, so like I said earlier, uh, when I heard that the Confluence Center was kind of uh, working in audio production, but not necessarily maybe not necessarily working in kind of writing music or producing music, I kind of wanted to join it because it gave me experience in the audio production field that wasn't that specifically. It kind of broadened my view as to what audio production could or could do and after and uh aside from that it also i also heard that it kind of gave the opportunity to work with youth and kind of introduce help introduce them to the idea of of audio production and kind of creating podcasts and everything and i thought that maybe if i could help kind of introduce them to this idea maybe i could help them jump that hurdle that i kind of had to do when i first started editing audio with um kind of like just the video editing stuff i had and see if i could like kind of help people who ended up enjoying this kind of see if they ended up liking it. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And I like I know our, our our students here, like there are so many kids that are interested in making beats, um, but now like podcasting and and even with their video games, like doing um, you know, students want to start clubs and things like that to live stream their video game experiences, right? And in e- in each part there's this technical hurdle that you have to get over of like you know the painstaking the the you know the uh the diligence that it takes to like edit something you know so that it's ready to to be shared and so yeah i'm I'm really happy that you're here and uh that you're you know willing to work with youth and and spread the knowledge that you have with the with the next generation while also providing a great opportunity for yourself to grow as an artist and storyteller how do you plan to use uh what you the skills that you practice um, during this internship for your future? Yeah, so um, from what I gathered, this internship is kind of like uh, a lot of practicing audio production and kind of the editing aspect of that. And I, like many people my age, kind of want to see what being what 
actually produce what might want to go into I want to go into working on my own projects in the future that are like um podcasting being a youtuber and everything like that so kind of being able to work with that audio and kind of like getting that experience right now to help me understand what I need in the future to be able to push that push that even even further kind of understand what I what I'm going to need to do on my own later and maybe even help teach others in the future if I can. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this world of audio production and video, you know, videos, stuff like that, like, they, like, these skills are very, are very on demand, you know what I mean? And, and so, um, when you get into this, there's opportunities to, um, to spread your knowledge, but also, you know, make money, make money um, editing and, and creating things. And it's really cool when you can do that with your art because you're doing something that you love, sharing, telling stories in a digital way, using multimedia, and you're able to get compensated for it. And so that's a, that's a really cool thing. And I hope by the end of this internship um, that we're able to build a connection where you know, we are um, creating really awesome content uh, for the Montbello community and doing it with the Montbello community, right? Um, and so, Aaron, do you have any final thoughts for us? Yeah. I hope we have a good rest of the semester and kind of hope we have a lot of amazing pro projects coming through. Dope, Aaron. Well, thank you for being on the uh, I Love the Bellside podcast and thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you soon for the next episode of the Voice of Montbello podcast.